When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Wall Street and the journal which represents it goes by the same name, Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street and the journal, because, you know, the journal does live off of Wall Street. They need Wall Street to help them survive. They are, well, we read them, you read them, lots of people read them. And we really do have to read them critically. You got to be careful. And I don't know if it's new management or what, but they're making some outrageous claims lately. And we kind of have to take them to task. Uh, the latest is a claim that small investors. Now, you wait, let me go backward a little bit. You've heard Tom and I say that small investors, regular old day-to-day ma and pa investors, based on all the evidence we can find, Surveys done by a ton of different people, including Standard & Poor's, have found that average investors and mutual fund managers and the like don't beat their benchmarks. And for most, they benchmark to the S&P 500. Would that be accurate? That would be accurate. But we'll talk about some other things that make it appear that the average investor is certainly doing much better today than they were 20 years ago. Yeah. And that's the point. That's the point. There was another article in the wall street journal with the headline, who you calling dumb money? Everyday investors do just fine. No, they don't. (laughs) No, no, they, they don't. Uh, And it's funny, this was based on some research done by a firm called Vanda Research, which actually sounds like the name of a company in Seinfeld. Isn't that? Yeah, it was. Vandalay. Vanda, Vinda, Vandalay. Vandalay, yeah. yeah. They claim that average investors, because they... Go ahead. You explain. It's well, the methodology is questionable, but here's, so, the, here's, I, well, the, no, but here's what, the numbers. Here's yeah, the numbers. Okay, that's what I want. I want the numbers. You just give the numbers because it's so they frustrating say, to me. This is right out of the Wall Street Journal, January 2nd, 2014 to October 18, 2023. So pretty recent history. Mm-hmm. Individual investors, they say, made on average 152% versus the standard and poor's 500 one hundred thirty-six percent. You got that one fifty-two mm-hmm. to one thirty-six. Now, how they now come that sounds up with miraculous this, when we've seen when we've seen that individual investors come in seventy, you know, thirty percent lower. We'll talk about that in a minute, but how they come up with that number is fascinating, right? Because how they dive into the details of how investors make one hundred and fifty-two percent, and the S and P five hundred only makes. 136%. I know you want to talk about that because the methodology is, I think, kindly, you'd say questionable, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Because what they relied on, oh, I hate to say this, is Robin Hood. Not, not the one in 
in uh, Nottingham. The forest, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, in the uh, in Sherwood Forest. No, not that one. The, oh. the Robin Hood that encouraged meme stock investing. They created an index tracking the 100 most popular stocks among its users. Now, let's just agree on something. I think we can agree that Robin Hood is not a place for long-term investors generally. I think you could just use a whole different term. I think people at Robinhood should be called speculators and not investors, period. Yeah. So, um, but what they're saying is that because these people were buying these stocks and these stocks have done very well, therefore, and this is a quite the leap of faith, uh, because these stocks, these 100 most popular stocks on Robinhood did better than the S&P 500 their individual investors did better. And, and and that is really a logical leap because think about it for a minute. The 100 most popular companies that are bought by speculators on Robinhood tend to be the same companies that make up the upper, the, the biggest stocks in the S&P 500. Stocks like Apple, Tesla, NVIDIA, Amazon, Advanced Micro, Microsoft, Netflix, Alphabet, Meta, ExxonMobil. Well, yeah, those are the stocks that have done the best in the past. But that doesn't mean that they're making money on it because they don't track how they buy and sell Ah. when they get in and when they get out. Yeah, and there's not very many places that do that. Dollbar, I think, does that when it comes to mutual funds. Morningstar does it. Morningstar does it. They do point out, and this is correct, but most people don't realize it, that one small advantage, uh, one advantage small investors have over the professionals is they don't have to worry about reporting performance to clients. They can just do what they want to do. They don't have to sort of window dress at the each of court, end of each well, quarter. They have to they report it the to right their things. spouse. Yeah, well, maybe. Uh, but let's just unpack. Let's step back. I mean, I think that was the right thing you said at the beginning of all this. Let's step back and talk about a couple of numbers I think are relevant. I, I think this is a very silly article. As you said, there's been some other things printed recently that eh, are a little head scratching. But okay, 25 years ago or so, roughly, one out of $20 that was invested in mutual funds and the like was done in index type products. One out of 20. Today, mm-hmm. it's about one out of two. Huh, that certainly shows you investors got a lot smarter, right? They quit hiring a lot of people that were they were paying a lot of money to that were not beating their benchmarks. Uh, this number I just read the other day. In the past five years, $600 billion, with a B, dollars has left major active management, um, uh, active managing mutual funds, act, mutual funds that have active management, right? The T. Rowe Prices of the World, the guys in Denver, remember them, Janice, that were so big mm-hmm, and huge. so 20- hot. Yeah, yeah so know. hot. I succumbed. $600 billion have left those in the last five years. And then there's this, the aforementioned Dalbar study. Now, it still shows a gap between just being in the index and the performance that most investors get. Yeah, but that gap has narrowed in the last 20 years. It used to be much greater. It suggests that truly buy and hold investors are using the right products. They're not succumbing to the pitch of the week. They're not part of the Reddit crowd. They're tuning a lot of that. That stuff comes along, it seems, and kind of goes away. And the people that are the long-term players who really are making money, not probably beating the uh, the, the index, which they don't need to beat. 
as we've discussed on the show many, many times. So I think the news is overall good. I think this is a very silly article, uh, a very misleading headline. Oh, and, and it gets more misleading as you as you delve into it, too. They're saying things in this article like individual. Well, first, they say something totally honest, that professional money managers often, often, no, generally, they should say, almost always have a hard time beating their benchmarks. But they use the word often to, to hedge a little. Um, and I mean, here's, let me read you this, this paragraph, even professional money managers often have a hard time beating their benchmarks though. So they use the word often, which doesn't sound like all the time over the past decade, about 86% of all large cap U S equity funds have underperformed the S and P 500. Gee, doesn't that sound like most of them fail? That's like nine out of 10. And then they state that everyday investors are known to buy the dip buying into markets during weak periods. Now, we know from the Dalbar studies and Morningstar's work that that's not true. It indeed is not. People have a tendency to do what? To sell on the dip, in the dip. and then buy when things go higher again. Seen it over and over and over and over again. The research that has gone into this thing is is horrible. Apparently, they just relied on some press release. And the fact of the matter is, it's getting to the point where you can't believe the Wall Street Journal when it comes to investing information. And that's kind of sad. It's sad. It's scary. I mean, they're trying to take advantage of the movie entitled the same, I guess. Wasn't that called Dumb Money Dumb as money. well? About yeah, the, which I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen it yet either. I wasn't going to run off to the theater when it'll do well on my 60-inch TV. So uh, this is oh, a good wait. one. Oh, excuse me. Let's step back okay. for a second. All right. It's How big is your TV? The, the one in my main living area is, I think, 60. Downstairs, yes, it's 85 inches. 85 all right. inches. <laughs> all right. Okay. okay. There, Thank all right. You. That's for sporting events and things like that. <laughs> and giant so, movies. And giant movies. So, and which dumb money will do fine. But let's just talk about you for a moment as an investor, okay? Because, no, you should not be on Reddit. No, you should not be paying attention to surveys like this from Robinhood because people that are investing through those are making big mistakes. But I'll tell you the mistakes I see still, um, you got to know what you're trying to do with every dollar that you do have saved, whether it's in a retirement account, whether it's in a savings, all those things need to have a purpose. So you can tune out all the picking stocks and all the rest of that stuff, but you got to know what you're trying to do. And that brings me to number two, still massive, just getting ready to meet with a person this morning that uh, gave us all their accounts. They do not know what their asset allocation is. They don't know how much risk they're willing to take, how much they need to take, whether they're properly in all these various stock places. Uh, And then that always brings me to number three, which I think is the name of a recent documentary called Tune Out the Noise, because there's a lot of there's a lot talking about this documentary that nobody can watch. <laughs> we we're just talking about that today because we're we're talking about seeing if we could show it sometime around Retire Me 2024, but you can't find a place. <laughs> and so I was just saying the same thing. This is the greatest documentary never viewed. I it's very odd. So well, can't Earl we Morris, do it on your 85 you inch TV at your house? <laughs> what put 10 of us jam us 10 of us down in yeah, the we're just, basement. you know, we standing room. Beers. There, wait, there's, oh, wait, no, there are no windows onto that. There's room. no windows in the background. Uh, anyway, tune out the noise. Those are the things I think are the much bigger uh, aspects of investing to pay attention to rather than worrying about beating indexes better than your benchmarks, all the nonsense. 
And I think that the the real lesson here is that the Wall Street Journal, uh, Barron's, uh, Money Magazine, Investors Business Daily, certainly, these are not publications for investors. If they were really honest, they would tell you their publications primarily geared toward gamblers, speculators, traders, timers, not not people who are building a portfolio for you know 40 years down the road, 20 years down the road, and, and don't want to deal with it every single day making themselves insane, which you'll do. And you'll probably also make yourself poor. So don't listen to this. The average individual investor's portfolio asterisk, and there is an asterisk, uh, generally hasn't beaten the market because the market is the wisdom of everyone involved, not just a few people, all of the millions of people who buy and sell stocks or bonds or whatever it is every single day. And the other thing, Don, that people should know, need to know, is you don't need to beat the market. You can be the market and make plenty on your money. Set yep. yourself up for a great future. That's the other be thing to pay attention to. Be, be the market. Be the be the market. I'm like a cheerleader. <laughs> a couple questions here. This comes from Mara in beautiful Seattle, Washington, which was beautiful. It's going to be very green with all the rain we've been getting lately. Um, question. What is your preferred Vanguard bond fund for an IRA? My 401k is the Vanguard total bond market index, so I use it. But should I be considering other Vanguard bond funds in my IRA? I'm wondering if you'd recommend a treasury fund as opposed to a fund with exposure to mortgage-backed securities and corporate bonds, such as the total bond market fund. Does it make a difference one way or another? Mm. Great question. Um, yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, the thing that there, you're, you're, the thing you're missing with BND, and there are arguments for uh, foreign bonds. There is currency risk, but there is some lack of correlation. They don't always move in lockstep. So there've been some pretty decent academic arguments for having foreign bonds. So that's one area you could explore. So would that be BNDX? Is that what I always forget the ticker on that one? I'll have to look it up. I don't want to, I don't want to do the wrong one, but, but, but let me tell you, um, if it's, if your concern is volatility and risk, then adding a treasury fund instead of more corporate might be a better move because yeah, I'm, yeah. BND yeah, is about short 60, to intermediate term treasuries yeah. are going to be very stable. BND generally. is about 60% U.S. government debt, I believe, or close. And then the rest is, as you correctly point out, some corporate, some mortgage-backed securities, other stuff, if you will. And Don's correct. Adding a smidgen of international bonds, the safe ones, not, you know, the 99-year Argentina bond, that's war bonds, treasury, et cetera. Sir. That's not a treasury. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's barely barely a country. Anyway, the bottom line, uh, pardon me, that was bad. That was bad. Uh, I'll take that one back right now. So if it survives compliance. At uh, any rate, so adding a few things like that that will give you more a, a, a as you said, a little more diversification and then maybe put those treasuries in for just a little more stability there too. So your portfolio has good balance to it. Yes. And it is BNDX, the international, the Vanguard total international bond index ETF is BNDX. And even though it's international bonds, get this expense ratio, seven one hundredths of 1%. Gotta love it. Gotta so love cheap. it. Yeah. So, so cheap. cheap. 
All right, got time for one more? Huh? Um, yes, we do. Okay. We're under 20 minutes still. We're okay, good. Okay, here we go. Roger from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania says, Hi, Tom and Don. I've been getting some conflicting answers on taxes for Social Security benefits. Now, don't oh, roll your eyes. No, I know, don't, I know. No, but I don't actually, do this, this one, question. Actually, we're going to know this one. I okay. think it is. The first question is, what is a benefit reduction? I'm sorry? Benefit. I actually know the answer to that. Okay, what is a benefit reduction? That is when you have income oh, in addition, income. and yeah. it reduces how much you get from Social Security. That's an easy one. Right. That's for early retirement, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I was thinking, you know, at, well, not FRA, early, but, but that's we, for early retirement that you can have reductions no, in your monthly work. benefits. Uh, yeah. Okay. Based on Thank how you. much income you have. Correct. Um, then he says, what is the benefit of waiting beyond full retirement age? In my case, ages 67 to 70. The benefit? More money. Yeah. A oh. lot more money that's okay. guaranteed. Ooh. You see, that's the thing. People say, well, oh, it's you know, 8% big deal. No, no, no. no. That's 8% guaranteed. That's Every 8% year. a year, by the way. A yeah. year for those years. Now, um, given how long people have been tending to live, you're likely to win this bet. But it is a bet against the government. You're betting. Uh, you're betting that you'll live longer, and they're betting that you'll die sooner. They've been very bad at this bet, unlike insurance companies. So uh, you're likely to make out better, but there are no guarantees. But it is a huge advantage. I mean, gee, from my FRA to 70, I think, I think it was by about a thousand dollars extra a month. I think we looked, we should look ours up every so often when yeah. we get this question. It was a lot of money. I mean, yeah. I, I look at the number and I go, well, why would I do that? Yeah. Now, cause now at full retirement age, I think, pardon me at uh, 70, I would be getting somewhere around $4,600 a month. That's real money. Yeah. That's real, that, that does pay the bills. Um, and it'd be far less than that. I don't have it right in front of me at age 67. It's three so, something. I, it's Yeah, it's, I think that's right. Yeah. So, so yes, the answer is yes, there is an advantage. Don is absolutely correct though. In basic math, you need to live about another 10 years after you claim for the, for it to work. Otherwise you will have gotten less. Mm -hmm. Now, if there are others in your life, Don has another, I have another that I suspect will outlive me. And oh, your other will. Yeah. I don't know about you. Know, me and my other are about the same age. <laughs> I so. see. Okay. So, um, she will need the money because her boyfriend doesn't, he doesn't really make a great living. So therefore my benefit will pay. Oh, you already know who her boyfriend's going to be. Oh yeah. It's all set up. Oh, okay. uh, so the, the benefit. All kidding. Yeah, that's, uh, call, the that's best left for a discussion on Slate or something. <laughs> it's, it's a different show. Yeah, so, totally um, different show. <laughs> so the bottom line is I'm thinking longer term than even myself, because the idea here is I'd pass away. She can either keep her benefit or take mine. Mine's bigger. She's going to want that. So from a couple's perspective, it looks like it'll make sense as well. So these answers, Don's right, though. There isn't one answer. There's not one check the box. There it really is a it's right hard. answer to, let's say this really clear. I want to think of the clearest way to state this. There is no right answer for anything past this moment. You don't know the next moment. 
much less the next three years or the next 10 years or 12 years or 15 I remember, years. I you remember a guy at retirement got up and asked a very pointed question about something. Yeah, he did. But here's what's going to happen. And Don said, you don't, you don't know anything past now. Right. That's good. It was a good goes, point. It was, like, no, it's going to happen. Everybody no, we, knows it. No, we Everybody don't know. Everybody knows it. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. Yeah. And everybody knows it until they don't. Yeah, they don't know. So anyway, those are some uh, great questions. By the way, you can send us more. Yeah, please do. Send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. You can type them, which gets them in the podcast this way, or you can speak them, which gets you in the Friday podcast. Oh, which is the best. I love Friday's podcast. Tom loves Friday's podcast because he doesn't have to do them. And I'm not on it. Yeah, that's what I, mean. uh, I generally he, don't like he's got to listen no, to the ones he's that No, no involvement whatsoever. <laughs> and my grandsons love it because I'm usually driving them around, and they go, "We got to listen to Uncle Don again." Yes, got to listen to Uncle Don again. So they you love know, it. Try Rita Storis. They're going to like that better. <laughs> see something I'm a little seriously. more personal. If they want to yeah. hear my voice, go to Rita Storis. It's All the right. kids' stories. They will that. I don't know why they listen to the Friday financial fund. Because I'm driving and they got to listen to whatever I say they got to listen to. That's why. Wow. All right. And plus my daughter would probably steer me up the, off into a tree. So that's not going to happen. Uh, if she was oh, you're car, driving you with get, your, wait. <laughs> exactly. Is she driving yeah. now? Oh, yeah. License yeah. is coming any day now. So uh, she's, oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait, she's yeah. not 16 yet. She'll be 16 in February pretty soon. Wow. Yeah, coming fast. All right, one other quick fun. reminder. Yeah, because we haven't mentioned this in a while. You want some additional, since more yesterday. personal help? Oh, okay. Since <laughs> nobody knows anything since yesterday, um, today, yesterday. If you'd like some personal help and you'd like it with no obligation, no sales pitch, high pressure techniques. Yeah, we'll do that for you. Right. No, no sales pitch, no high pressure techniques. Just oh, a big okay. invoice afterwards. Oh, the huge just, invoice. Yeah. yeah. Make that out to no. There's no Tom cost. and Don. No yeah, kidding. No uh, go to talkingrealmoney.com. To I don't do the question stuff. Tom does. <laughs> Tom talkingrealmoney.com. Click on meet and advisor. Or for those of you who actually still use a phone, which I do from time to time, uh, and you can actually call me 800-386-3004. That is toll free in all states. 800-386-3004. Remember when that was a big deal? It was kind of a big deal. It right? was. That was a great yeah. number too. Eight. I, awesome. I remember getting Still that a number. a great number, but anyway. 1989, I got wow. that number. That's crazy. One people it. still cared about 800 numbers. Exactly. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being a part of our get together here that we do almost every day on your favorite podcast service. And please tell friends, relatives, um, if you hate us, sure, tell your enemies. That's fine. We don't care. They listen. We They count as a download. I'm Don. Tom's over there drifting out of frame, hopefully going somewhere in the office to be talking real money. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast were current on the date recorded. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice, including any forward-looking estimates or statements which are based on certain expectations and assumptions. Although information and opinions given have been obtained from or based on sources believed to be reliable, no warranty or representation is made as to their correctness, completeness, or accuracy. Information presented on the podcast is not personalized investment advice from Appella Wealth. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for everyone. 
This podcast does not identify all the risks, direct or indirect, or other considerations which might be material to you when entering any financial transaction. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and profitable results cannot be guaranteed. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. The podcast is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Wealth, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Please see Appella Wealth's ADV Part 2A on our website for information regarding Appella's fees and services. Appella Capital LLC DBA Appella Wealth is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The firm only transacts business in the states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration with the SEC or any state securities authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Appella does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing either stated or implied here should be inferred as providing such advice. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and important disclosure related to performance of any specific index or fund quoted in this podcast. And the lawyers get richer.